Alrighty, ladies and gents. This is the fourth episode of the podcast with Katie and Barbie. Um, I think this week is going to be our best week yet, as it is the Masters week. I think we got a, a lot of good stuff. So, Katie, yeah, let's dive right into it. Before um, before we get into the Masters, we got a lot of stuff to go over. Obviously, we could go on and on for everything about this tournament. Favorite time of the year for sure. But um, got to mention Jordan Spieth. Back in the winner's circle, Valero Texas Open last week. Uh, that was his 12th career PGA Tour victory. And the last time he had won previous to that was in 2017 at the Open Championship. That's nice. Uh, it's, it's been a long drought for the guy. And I think there's not anyone out there that was sad to see him win. I think everybody was rooting for him. Like you said last week, that's what golf needs. You said a big win, a win for him is would be good for the game, especially with Tiger out. Mm-hmm. And um, couldn't have come at a better time. The only thing with that, in my opinion, is how he's going to bounce back this week. You know, I would have loved to see him get another top five last week, and then I think that this tournament was his to win this week. But it's hard to go back to back. But see, I'm still not I'm, counting him I'm out act- of it. I'm actually on opposite sides. I think it was good for him to get the win because, like you said, it's been since 2017 since he has won. So I think in his mind, he needed to be able to recognize that he can do it again because I think he lost hope there for a while. Yeah. And once you go sure. down that tunnel, it's hard to get out, especially with how he's already a very mind-type person mm-hmm. already. He's he's a mental-type person. So I no think doubt. it was – and it is, like yeah. you said, with Tiger being out, This he's the next man up. I mean, he is the golden child of the PGA Tour. It's just who he is. Mm-hmm. He's perfect all around. So – Won it in 2015, but obviously could have won it with ease. He should have won it in 2014 as well. I mean, when Bubba mm-hmm. won, he was leading going into the back nine, and I think Bubba clipped him by two. But, I mean, yeah, he's had a chance almost every time he's played. Crazy. Yeah, he could easily had a three-peat there. Mm-hmm. But uh, he always plays well, well there, as we all know. But uh, I was thinking about this. I think it was this morning I was driving up to school, and I was like, man – the anxiety that's going to be going through everybody's mind if he is leading this tournament, getting on the number 12 tee box is going to just be, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's going to be crazy. But I have full confidence that, you know, he'd hit it 20 feet, two putt for par. I, I think because, I mean, like he said, he, uh, in his interview, he was like post-round interviews, and he was talking about how it felt so good to be back under pressure, and he said he felt comfortable. Um, and so – you know, I would assume he's telling the truth. I mean, it didn't look like coming down the stretch. He was nervous by any means. Um, I agree. I mean, eight, 18 at par five at the Valero. I was like, this is it. I mean, because what he had a two-shot lead going in that hole. Yeah, it scared and, me when he pulled out that three-wood on the second to start off. Yeah, but, I mean, he was on the tee box, and I was like, if he hits this ball in play, this is over, obviously, and he just hit it right. I mean, he crushed it, hit it right down the middle. And, and then I just walked out. I, I was at the golf course, and I just went ahead and went and played. And I was like, he's got it. And so it's pretty cool. I, I did hear it was a little dicey though with the second shot. Did he hit? Did he hit his three wood? No, like he in, ended in up laying up. But there, no, there oh, for a okay. little bit he was debating on going for it. And oh, okay. Yes, it would have been hard for Charlie to, you know, make eagle to force the playoff. But there's, it yeah. was just I thought he was going to pull it out, and I think he had like two seventy in. I mean, he had all he had to do was hit an eight iron, and then you have a wedge in your hand. So I'm glad he did that. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, Charlie Hoffman doesn't have the length to really put any pressure on no, him. No, yeah, but I mean, in that situation, have to do something it's goofy. Just, yeah, there's no need. But yeah, good for him, though. I mean, that's awesome. And it just makes this, this week, I mean, it's already, it's hard to beat. I mean, it doesn't get much better than it is just being the Masters in general, but that just adds a little fuel to the fire. So, um, yeah, that's good stuff. Um, but yeah, I guess we can just dive right into it. We got a lot of stuff to cover with the Masters. General knowledge to know about the tournament 90 players in the field, top 50 in ties make the cut. Winner receives lifetime invite to compete in the Masters, which is pretty well known. But, as I was reading that, I was like, yeah, I mean, I knew that, but just to sit there and think about it, like, I mean, obviously just imagine winning, I guess you're not thinking about that. <laughs> that's not the first thing that's coming to mind. It's only I, just, about five I, or I think 10. that's, yeah, I think that's such a cool For sure. thing you get to do. Um, the thing that is not so good about the tournament this year, but you got to do what you got to do to have the tournament is there's no par three contest on Wednesday. I don't know. I guess it's just due to, you know, close interactions, tight quarters, mm-hmm. you know, with COVID stuff, mm-hmm. and then limited patrons, which is obviously expected. But the no par three is going to suck. That's one of my favorite things to watch. Um, hey, but no one, no one will get the par three curse. Families out there. No yeah. one will get the par three curse, so there's that. Good point. Okay. Uh, we, we're not going to see Tony Finau break his leg in half again. That was pretty <laughs> bad. And pop it back in place and then play great all week. That was crazy. Yeah, it was. But – not gonna see any hole in ones. I feel like there's always like five or six. Yeah, because generally most of the most of the pins that they put, it kind of slopes back to it. And yeah, it all just funnels ball. to it like a slip and slide. Yeah. Plus but, they have wedges yeah. in their hand; they're too good not to be. Exactly. Closed. It's unfortunate that's not happened this year, but hey, whatever they got to do to make the tournament go on, I'm cool with. For it's sure. Just a minor setback. Um, yeah, but some previous winners. Starting back to 2015, you got obviously Jordan Spieth, 2015. Like you said, he could have won it in 14. He did win it in 15, and then uh, the worst year, 16. All that stuff happened. Danny Willett comes and grabs it. But yeah. um, He's been a no-show ever since. Yeah, one-hit wonder. <laughs> but, hey, like you said, he gets the invite every year from now on. So He's been grinding with Sean Foley, so he's doing good. Has he really? Yep, he, he's been working pretty hard with him, I think, for the past year and a half. I've been watching some of their stuff on his Instagram, and okay. it looks like he's coming back, so that's good. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, Sergio, 2017, that was a big one for him. That was cool, you know. I, it's not like I'm the biggest Sergio fan in the world, but, no, but that was a special That was a special yeah, win for him. For and sure. And what a better place to do it at, you know, if, if you're going to get that major victory. Augusta and Patrick Reed in 2018 obviously Big Cat 2019 no nobody's ever going to forget that one and then no, DJ sir. in 2020 so um we've got a we've got a pretty good mix there of uh dumpster fires guys that we don't really like or don't care for too much and then you got the DJs the Tigers and the Speeths the guys that you do like so pretty good stuff man I like we talked about with DJ, you know, winning it last year, and, it, and, it, and we mentioned this. We were just talking a while ago. You know, it would be a back to back, but like you said, it's not that far apart. Like no. he's still number one. Totally in the world. different golf course. That course never plays. Totally different so course. Soft. Yeah. Uh, but John Rahm mentioned in an interview I saw today that he's the course was as firm and as fast as he's ever seen it, which is awesome for viewers. You know, that's that's how we want to watch it. But, but like you said, it's completely opposite of 
how it was playing in the fall, which would be yeah. expected. It's always more fun when you're watching that tournament with conditions like that. I agree. And I, yeah, uh, he also said that this is going to be probably the warmest they've played it in the past couple of years. It's going to be the okay. warmest. It's been pretty, I mean, I can basically almost every tournament I can remember they've had, uh, you know, sweaters on and stuff. Like mm-hmm. practice Those early morning tea times. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And that's cool. I mean, just he makes the game more fun. He might be the strangest guy on tour, but he makes it fun to watch because you don't see that yeah. all the time. You don't see that. In, I mean, it's like hitting a home run, basically. You know, it's yeah. just nuts. it's it's just like college baseball. I mean, I mean, MLB baseball, it's like the game is evolving into the long ball. Just imagine, you know, Bryson DeChambeau with warm conditions and firm and fast. I mean, oh, yeah. he's going to be absolutely unleashing that. Did you see him hitting on the yeah. range? That last swing I mean, on the range was unreal it's just it's comical but i love it i oh, I, I love it too it. I, I, I think it's i like what he's doing screw what everyone else says i mean it works to it i mean it's it, fun he, too it's good for the game man you gotta have yes. stuff like that no he makes even even how much people give him shit <laughs> yeah it's it, it's it's definitely it's, it's, it's definitely a couple we're gonna look i think we're really gonna look back on this time in golf and i think this is gonna be a big big change from now on with what he's doing. I really do. It's like a version of what Tiger did, but to the next level, you know, he's the one that started it. And I feel like it's going to, but dude, my, it's like he started this trend and yes, people are going to get longer, but there's not going to be many people out there that are going to take it above and beyond from what he does. You can only, you can only hit it much further than him. Yeah, I agree. I still staying, you know, in the elements of the game and being good in the other aspects of the game. You're not going to have any long drive guys come in the game and compete on the PJ tour. Um, unless, you know, he, did it, he did it kind of in a reverse role. Unless there's like a big technology change, which I can't see. I think we're about as far as you can go with technology. Your body well, in a human body can only physically go so fast. I don't care who you are. There's only, there's only so much speed that a body can, can act. Gen- so there's going to yeah, be, and yes, they're not going to, they're not making the drivers any longer. I mean, you've got these yeah. guys that are complaining about, they need to dumb them down. And so if anything, you know, they're going to be less hot. So you're right. I mean, I just, yes, people as a whole, as far as the tour goals as a whole, you know, they're going to get longer because that's what people are chasing, but But nobody's going to, I don't don't think anybody's going to take it above and beyond from what he's doing. No, I don't, I don't, I think you're right on that, but I think they just look at what he's doing and just the, you know, they call it, you know, the gal, you just hit bomb and gouge. I think there more mm-hmm. there's going to be more people on tour that are going to try to do it like just hit it as far as possible and get it out because that's what he's doing. I mean, he is hitting as far as possible and getting in, you know, having wedges in his hands. It's just nuts. Yeah, my thing is, and I've put a lot of thought into this is like as far as the junior golfers go. You know, these guys are teaching you know hit, hit it as far as you can and go play the next one. But Bryson didn't grow up like that. You know, he's always yeah. been long. But he, you know, mastered the parts of the game that were important, you know, the irons and his putting and his chipping, everything else. And then he transformed his game into a long ball hitter. So he already had those characteristics of quality. And then he went into hitting it long. These, I think these junior players are going to go just straight into hitting it long. They're just going to be beating drivers on the range all day, seeing how far they can hit it, how straight they can hit it. And then they might lose sight of the more important parts of the game. So that's my only concern. Of course. No, I- 
I mean, it's personal can, problems. Can, you, you do you. I can but for sure see that. But the you see what I'm saying? In that instance, yes. though, all these guys on tour have already toned in their important parts of their game. The now they're just expanding their lengths. The reason so, it works for DeChambeau is no one looks at the numbers, but he has actually gotten – yes, he's gotten substantially longer, but he's actually, I think, probably – I think it's 8% more accurate off the tee. He's also a top 20 putter in the world now. Yeah. He's figuring out how to hit it, hit wedges better. I mean, he's just yeah. – there's a lot more to it. But yeah, He's I doing still, it right. Yes. He's not just out there. And all the people see is him just hitting drivers on the range. Yes, they, they only see that, but they don't see everything else. That they don't see it. what's going on behind the scenes. So, yeah. But I also like I still said, think, I think this is going to be a monumental part in golf, what he's doing. Yeah. I just, I'm glad we're right in the middle of it. We can yeah, see it firsthand because we obviously couldn't really see what Tiger did just because we we're so young yes. at the time. But we're here for this one and it's just even more crazy. But, um, yep. so got some backstory on Augusta, just some little course knowledge, area knowledge, I guess. Uh, it's obviously in Augusta, Georgia, opened in 1932. It's designed by Bobby Jones and Alistair McKenzie. It's been the annual host of the Masters since 1934. Uh, par 72, and like I mentioned earlier when we were talking, 76-64. I didn't realize the course was that long. I, uh, You would think you would. I knew. I mean, I knew it was kind of in the ballpark. Obviously, I knew it was over 74, but 76. But like you said, it's, you know, it's very undulated. You know, you're, you're like, number. what is it, number two, the par five? I mean, yeah. it's just straight downhill. I mean, these guys are, I mean, I would, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see what Bryson's got into the hole, you know. As a second shot, um, and it just it's downhill the whole way. So it's stuff like that that makes it shorter. And the par threes are really not that long, um, as a whole. If he figures it out, I think, playing I into think the if he wins, I think if he wins or when he wins at Augusta, if he wins, he's going to win by a long shot. He's going to yeah. have it figured out that we can win like he did at the U.S. Open by like five. Yeah. That's just it's the, same, it's the same thing, you know. Once he once he gets it then it's hard to hold him back. But um, yeah. I just, <laughs> I don't know. I'm excited. I, You know he's going to hit a couple foul balls, and that's when it gets oh, for so sure. good. For sure. For <laughs> I, I love that so much. I love that just as much. And I'm not rooting against the guy by any means. I already said I like him. But that's so much entertainment. It's just as fun watching him hit one dead straight, carrying it 370. Yeah. Like, uh, I, it's so good. But, it's, I mean, you got so much speed. It's just going to happen. It's just part no, of it. I mean, yeah, if you're one degree off, our one degree off is, you know, in the right rough, left rough. His is in the right parking lot or left parking lot. Off the planet. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> but it's nuts. It's fun. Uh, I, can't, okay. I can't wait to watch and see what happens. Another one I have is Rom. Or I actually have a couple more. Rom at tw- uh, plus 1,200. I like that again. I think now that he is for sure playing in the tournament with them having their kid early, I think he's going to have a good mindset going in with being a new dad. Uh, his last three finishes there have been a top or top ten. He went fourth, tied ninth, and tied seventh. So, yep. and yep. he's statistically one of the best putters on tour. And mm-hmm. I think he, I think he can read. I think he is actually the what John Ramos just said fourth, T nine, T seven, and two. It just makes sense. It just makes yeah. sense. He's my sleeper pick. Um, my. My top three is DJ Morikawa and JT. I know those are um, some horses, but I mean, you can't, you can't go away from them. 
No, I agree. It's, I mean, it's hard. You know they're going to show up. Well, except for JT. JT's either going to miss the cut or he's going to top five. There's no in between in my eyes. Um, <laughs> if he's got it, he's got it. If not, you know, he's a he's a bad, he's a head case, but not as bad as John Rom. That's what's that's the thing with John Rom. That's the deal breaker. It's it's, it's just it's fiery, controls dude. emotions. He doesn't have any get up in him. That's why it just makes sense. Augusta just just seems like he should be able to win at Augusta. And I think he's going to. I don't know yeah. when it's going to be, but I know like, I have a just a gut feeling that he's going to make it happen. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good resume for his appearances. Like you said, he has he's played there four times, T27, fourth, T9, T7. Like, that's, yeah, that's, and that's the thing about his first there, one. So you know he's comfortable out there. The crazy thing about his first one, so I was listening to uh, the podcast with him today. He tripled the last hole. So he said the whole week, like going into the – Seven, I think he went double, triple to finish. So I mean, he was his first year. Yeah, like when he, he got to twenty seven. Yeah, so he yeah. should have been top fifteen. Yeah, like it's not, I mean, it just makes sense. So yeah, I like that one. My sleeper out of all these is actually Webb Simpson at plus plus five thousand. Yeah, uh, he's number one on tour in putting average per hole at one point six nine. I I think he just rolls it good. I think he hits it good enough. Mm-hmm. And and with him, it's not it's knowledge, it's experience. Too. Yes, and he's uh, never going to get like it's completely polar opposite. John Rahm, like yeah. if he plays bad, it's not going to be mental issues. You know, it's just going to be because he doesn't have it that week. So I agree with him. It's if it, if it's his game is on, you know, he's he's there in the head. And so yeah, I like that pick. That's a, um, and each hole is named after a plant or a shrub that adorns it. For example, number three is flowering crab apple. As estimated, 80,000 plants have been added since the course was built. Yeah, it's nuts. Pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I always thought the names <sighs> the names of the holes are real unique. Um, I think it's really cool when courses do that. A lot of courses do that, but um, when you think of them, when you think of holes that are named after stuff like that, I think Augusta and the Masters is always one that comes to mind. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool how they do that. Um, and this one's really cool. I had no idea about this. <clears throat> the Masters tournament was not played during the years of 1943, 1944, 1945 because of World War II. To help with the war effort, turkeys and cattle were raised on Augusta National Grounds. How crazy is that? That is pretty nuts. That's kind of how the U.S. Open was. They didn't have it during that time because uh, one of Hogan's they say, you know, one of his extra U.S. Opens was that one that he won during the war. They didn't consider mm-hmm. the Hail America Open. But I didn't know that they had cattle and stuff on it. <laughs> yeah, how nuts is that? Just, and that was 10 years out. after they had started holding the tournament there. Just a gust. Yeah, national. it was a big deal. Yeah. They're, they're like, yeah, bring them on. <laughs> Come on. Pretty, pretty cool stuff. <laughs> Green Reader on tour. I don't yeah. know. I, I feel like he just feels it's hot like take. That. Yeah, I, that's, yeah, he does roll the pill. And he's all on feel. If you look at him, he really doesn't line it up and pay attention to that like everyone else. He's more of a yeah. feel putter. Savvy's prodigy. For sure. That's just how those Europeans are. I had yeah, one are- crazy, I guess, or this is more of a master stat, but in 97, you know, Tiger's big victory by 12. He mm-hmm. was <laughs> gained for that tournament. He was 25.86 shots ahead of anyone else. He was playing a different league. Yeah, he was playing a totally different golf tournament than everyone else. You said that was in 97? That was 97. 
another funny story about that. I heard this crazy. So they were, you know, we were talking about how DeChambeau was on the range hitting those moon rockets, yeah. swinging as hard as he could. So they said from where he was hitting those balls, the netting at the very end of the range is like 370. So he'd probably have to hit it like 380 to carry that netting to hit it out of the driving range or whatever. He may have hit a couple like that, but that's obviously a long ways. But they said in 1997, Tiger was warming up on the range. I don't remember. Obviously, it was before the tournament started. It was probably around the practice rounds. Um, and they said he was hitting ball. And this was only, this was a different range. It was not the same range. It was the old range. And it wasn't near that far. It was probably 320, I would say. But they said he was hitting these balls over the range. And like like he had hit like 10 of them out there. And they said that they there was a um, like a not a cart boy but a, a kid that was and so they said the kid walked off and he just puts a peg in the ground and just continues to hit him. He hit like three more over, and Imagine. he was like, and he came back up to him and he's like, "Look, I don't mean to be the guy. I'm just doing my job. They think you hit one more <laughs> over. We're gonna have to ask you to leave the grounds." And I was like, what in the world? Imagine being that kid walking up to Tiger Woods and being like, look, dude, if you hit another ball over this range, we got to ask you to leave. Yeah, imagine the balls that it took to like even go say that. If someone told oh my me gosh. to go tell Tiger Woods that, I'd be like, no, piss off. I'm not going to go tell Tiger Woods. I'm going I'm to watch yeah. him hit the driver. Screw that. And then I guess the kid was going to lose his job if he didn't go do that. But that's absurd. He must have really needed this job. Oh, yeah. He must have been okay. going. I wouldn't want to lose. I wouldn't want to lose my job out there either. <laughs> I don't know. I, but, I don't know if I could go tell Tiger that. <laughs> yeah, of course, it's a little different than telling him that. I, I don't think anybody would say anything to him a couple years later if he was <laughs> doing that. But his that first year cool. out. But that's good stuff. Or even three days later. Yeah. What'd you say? Your um, did you give you give top three picks? Your your three picks. I know your sleeper was Patrick Reed. Uh, I really really picked three. I just had some odds that I liked. But I guess my picks for this week would have to go Spieth, DJ, and Rom. Yeah, it's hard to pick. I know they're all big names, but it's just hard to go against those guys. It's a major championship, big tournament. We're not going to pick any. (laughs) I mean, although I I just hope, you know, it's going to be a great tournament to watch either way. It's going to be fun. It's the Masters, but I just hope a no-name doesn't win it. You know, I, 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 I just want to see somebody that, you know, we, we want to root for come down the stretch. And I want yep. it to be good, too. I don't want – like, I want it to be – like, it's got to come down the last few holes. Like like I said, it's going to be great either way. I'm not going to complain. It's the Masters, but that would be ideal. Oh, I have a two guys, two, I'm looking two at or three guys battling. Another sleeper or two of them, Matthew Wolf and Will Zalatoris at plus 12,500. Dude, I haven't heard about Matt Wolf in a minute. That is very true, but <laughs> his name. God, that is crazy. Yeah, that's a lot. And then obviously our guy Sandy Lyle, plus a hundred thousand to one. I might, I might just sprinkle a couple dollars on it. You know why Did not? Make the cut last year. Negative. Or was very close, or he was close, or something. Shot. 74 or something. I know it was, he did five or six guys that are plus a hundred thousand, like the bottom of the list. And he's at the very, very bottom. And he was like that last year too. <laughs> it's not going to change. I wonder what Bernhard Longers is. It's not on here. That'd it's, be not, my, it's not a hundred thousand. I promise you that. That would be my sleeper above. That, that dude could go around. I mean, that dude could golf his ball around that place and surprise some people. Yes. Imagine bro. Imagine Bernhard Longer wins it. 
No, the if there's an old guy who went, needs to win, it'd be Freddie. Oh, that'd be great, dude. I would rather see him win it than Jordan Spieth. No, I would too, because also <laughs> I mean, throughout all these years, you know, the past twenty years, he's always played his practice rounds with Tiger, and you know, this is the year that he's not. So it'd be that'd be pretty cool. That'd be that one of the that. greatest sports moments that I think we would ever witness a 60 year old man winning the masters against these boys. Like that would be yeah. nuts. It would put uh it would put Jack Nicholas's win on the back burner in 86, just a little oh, bit, yeah. just by a little bit for sure. But um, now I saw a uh, interview with JT, you know, him and tiger have grown close together and he said he's actually gone over to see tiger a couple of times at his house, which I didn't know anybody was really visiting. I mean, I guess I could assume so, but thought that was pretty cool and he's he's just obviously bummed out you know he's just not going to be there he said it was it was hard playing the practice rounds without him and i was like yeah i mean i can (laughs) i can imagine you know it's just different real different but um i don't know it's just gonna be weird tiger watching it from home imagine being in jt's shoes and actually being like close friends with tiger though yeah like that is a totally different tiger than you we used to see and it's that's that i think that makes this car crash and all this masters like even worse like he's a better person like more you know open than he was back in the day yeah he's just softer and he's just he's a little softer hearted like i guess JT, you know and the kids can do it. yeah, yeah jt but. was texting him and said like tiger finally said yeah this one kind of hurts not being there yeah he said he says he's finally setting in and yeah, and I, I mean, I can only imagine, but um, that's what that that's what was funny. Like right when Tiger after his back fusion, he was starting to play. Like they said before uh, he made his comeback, he he started like hitting chips and stuff I mean, around his house, his backyard, or whatever. And they said JT said he was he would go over there like a couple times a week, and they would just work on different stuff and just pick each other's brains, blah blah blah. And they said, you know, he was like, yeah. And then Tiger, you know, when he he got healed up, like good to go, ready to come back on tour. He's like, I shot him in Texas. Like, hey, mind if I come over today and work on some wedge stuff? And he just texted me. He's like, and Tiger was like, no, like I'm back, like I'm ready to go. And he just like completely flipped the switch. And that's what I was thinking about, you know. Now it's just kind of he's back into that because obviously they've been talking a lot, and you know he's been probably giving JT some nitbits here and there about the course, just yeah. talking about stuff, which is just awesome. I mean, imagine getting advice about that place from that guy. Yeah, so that's all. I mean, that's all I got as far as the Masters stuff goes. There's really not too much to cover. You could go into stats all you want, but man, I'm just ready to. I'm ready for it to get it's the going. Greatest, greatest week in sports. Yeah, for us at least. Yeah, for us. <laughs> and for my, I mean, even people, even people that don't even really watch golf that much, they know. That's the thing. Know, I know a lot of people that tournament. don't watch golf, but when the Masters come on. That's when all the fans come out. They always watch Masters. Yeah. That's just how it is. And so you can only imagine what it's like for us then. Yep. But, um, yeah, so let's move into uh, this new segment that we're starting to do. Pretty excited about. Uh, last week on the pod, we mentioned that we're going to start doing some Q&A stuff to get some of the listeners and some of, you know, even this week, it's some of our buddies involved, guys we know. You know, we we posted a uh, Q and A thing on Instagram, and we got a lot of people asking questions, and which was good to see some activity in there. 
Um, and there's some good questions too. This week we're going to do two. I'm going to do two questions, um, and we're just kind of going to kind of split up like that. Uh, next week we'll do some more. So if we don't answer your question, I'm sure it'll get you know gone over eventually. Um, but keep sending them in. We're going to keep posting a little Q and A thing on on the page so that everybody can send them in. And uh, let's keep doing it because I think this is going to be fun. It's going to be a good topic to talk about. But I'll start it off first. Um, our first question comes from Jonathan Shelton. This is a good one. Some people, maybe not everybody, but he said, what is the most fun course in East Texas, the hardest course in East Texas, and your favorite course in East Texas? We talked about this earlier off the air and we we're talking about like people say like what's the best course in east, east texas because somebody asked that and i was like well that's such a broad question because you got to break it up like john did in this the most fun course the hardest course and the favorite course because those are so different you know subjects but going into it i don't know i've played me and you both have played a lot of courses in east texas but and there's some difficult ones there's not any that are just like dumb hard like mystic creek in arkansas from the tips you don't really have any like that but man i would say a lot of people have played this one i would say the hardest course in my eyes is probably it's a good one so that's definitely what i would have to say crown colony from the tips i mean nobody even plays it out there they have a big tournament out there the outlaw their biggest tournament of the summer and it's i mean you play it from the blues you play it up up or it might even be the whites. I don't even know, but it's it's nowhere close to the tips. And there's a lot of good players out there. Um, so that tells you how it is. And so, yeah, that's definitely the hardest in my eyes. The most fun course in East Texas. And you can help me out with this because, I mean, ours are generally going to be in the same boat. Um, I My most fun, I think, is Willowbrook and Tyler. Willowbrook? Yeah. Willowbrook, Willowbrook oh. Holly Tree. Yeah, those are good ones. Um Man, I played, and I, this is my second time to play it. Tempest. But I played fun. Tempest yesterday. Tempest yeah, Tempest. Tempest. This is a great layout. You know, it's a new and upcoming course. Hadn't been open for that long. Um, conditions are, you know, they're going to get there. But good gosh, the layout out there is, it's tough. It feels um, like it's you're a, in it's Austin. It's a good test of your, yeah, it really does. It's a good test of your game. And at the clubhouse is sick. They got a good range. And it's just, a wide variety of holes you got everything you can really ask for you got short par threes you got long par fours gettable par fives but there's a lot of slope and undulation and that course you know give it 10 more years that place is going to be nails the um, only thing the issue with trip. that course is it being in kind of the middle of nowhere i think if it was closer <laughs> yeah. or in longview or tyler for say i think it would i think it would make it right now it is a weird spot kind of in the middle of nowhere but that bro that's how the bet squire creek in rust like up here in louisiana i mean it's literally in the like middle like you wouldn't know like in yeah, the middle of nowhere I, in between monroe and rustin like you would never think that a place like that is where it is um course over there uh, near trinity um whispering pines oh, whispering pines yeah that place is in the i mean it's one of the best the courses boonies. there is exactly i feel like that's how those places are they're just tucked tucked back in the corners and um, that has a little yeah. more money those those type of places have a little more money than uh tempest no doubt no doubt but it's kind of a connection in that sense my favorite course in east texas this is a tough one because when you talk about favorite you generally would talk about you know maybe ones that are kind of closer near dear to the heart um i don't know 
Mine's Pinecrest because I basically grew yeah. up playing there. I love that place. Be for you. Pinecrest is a great is a good track. Um, it's just a classic place. Um, mm-hmm. Man, I wish I could say TCC, but that's obviously on the Arkansas side. I love that place. I love that um, place too. It's a good track. I don't know. I'm going to have to come back to this one. I'm going to let you do your question. I'll think on that a little bit more because that, that, that one sounds a little <laughs> different. But yeah, that go is, ahead. That is definitely a tough question. Yeah. So this one is from Dylan Harkrider. Uh, if there is one major tournament you could attend, which one would it be and why? So for me, it would be the Masters. I mean, who? come on. Who would not want to go to the Masters? Sure. It's pretty self self-explanatory on why. Uh but a second if there was a second tournament besides the Masters, I would actually say the um Open Championship at St Andrews. I think mm-hmm. that would be that would be my non Augusta one. Cuz you've been there, but I have been be, there. It I would was, be it would be a whole different story watching the tournament there. Yeah, I mean, it's the home of golf. It just makes sense. Plus, I mean, Tiger winning there. Spieth. Did Spieth? No, Spieth did not win there, did he? Mm-mm. No. Uh, who, yeah, Zach John Johnson. John Daly, 1995. Yep, Zach Johnson was the one <laughs> won that one. But, yeah, it just, for sure, I think it would have to be that one non-Augusta. Yeah. Okay. We got a simple question here from Daryl Weil. He says, if you had a life or death ten footer, who's putting it? Well, that's pretty simple. I'd have to. I mean, I'm going to bet on myself. <laughs> I'm a, a, I'm not putting that fate in anybody else's hands. And B, I mean, I just got to go with myself. If you're not betting on yourself, I mean, who are you going to bet on as far as this game goes and you're playing? Um, uh, mine, but, yeah. mine would be Tiger Woods. I'm not putting. I'm not putting that ten footer in my hands. Uh uh-uh. uh That tells me a lot about yourself, Barbie. I'm, gonna... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pick you in our next game just because of that. <laughs> I know that Tiger Woods is a way better putter than I am. I mean, I, I if we were going off of that, I'd have picked Jordan. They said he was 33 for 37 inside 10 feet last week. I mean, <laughs> hard to not go for that. But I'm, I'm gonna ride this one for myself. You got a lot more confidence in yourself than I. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. All right, what's your next one? So this one is from old The Tank himself, Lucas Wiley. Wow. Thoughts on Colin Morikawa and the Masters? I think hmm. Colin is the best ball striker in the field, so I think he has a leg up on that. I don't think he'll get himself out of position. It's just with Colin, I mean, he's got to leave the tour somewhere in that area, um, ball striking-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, his putting is very, very shady. It's up and down, but I think like you were, or me and you were talking beforehand, um, his mindset, you know, it, he's considered like a sleep pick this week. Mm-hmm. And I think his mindset just keeps him, he's so mature for his age. And he just gets it done. Uh, he's just, I don't know, no one really thinks of him. And he won his first major less or you know around a year or what do you think about his mindset yeah i i mean i think i think he's got it going on um for especially how young he is 
like we said, he's real mature for his age. You wouldn't think that he's only been on tour for a couple of years. You'd think he's been out there for 10 years the way he carries himself and handles his business. Um, like I said, I like I like him a lot this, this week. Um, he's definitely in my top four or five as far as people that I like. And I'd love to see – dude, if he goes out there and wins this tournament, you better watch out because he already won the PGA Championship in August. And It's I crazy mean, that you would almost already have that thought in your eyes or thought in your yeah. head. Eyes. But that's what's so crazy what we're talking about is that people aren't really giving him the credit he deserves. Like, he just won his first major, and he very well could go out there and win it. But, he like you said, twice this year. Cutting, once, twice. I'm pretty sure he's won this year already. He, he won a couple months ago and because um, he was using the claw grip. I remember mm-hmm. that. He was, he was putting with that FCG putter. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's playing good. He's been consistently playing good. He's not a guy that's going to take these low dips and, you know, fall off a little bit. Like, he's just consistent. And no, the thing about it is, and I've kind of I've thought a lot about this, is, like, out there at Augusta, it's obviously really undulated. And so typically, out of the fairway, in the greens, you're not going to see guys that have a real deep and loopy, you know, coming away from the inside swing play very well out there because you got to think about it. Let's say you're sitting in the middle of the fairway, but the ball is three feet above your feet. If you're taking it up and you're looping it back inside, not saying that a lot of guys out there do it, but like Roy, for instance, when he brought it way in from the inside, Try to hold off a you know a straight ball or even hit a cut into a hook lie coming that far from the inside. It's not going to happen. And I know those guys can hit whatever shot they're t- they want to hit, but I'm just saying I think that to play at that course, it you're it's in your favor if you have a little more steep of a path, just like JT or like Morikawa, like that. You know, guys that can someone hit who has more face command. control, like exactly held off type release. Yeah, and, and I just I, I think it suits him well. And like you said, his putting is shady. It's not the strong suit of his game. Relative to the rest of the game, he's a great putter by all means, don't get me wrong, but it, relative to the rest of his game, his putting is definitely on the low end. And <laughs> this is not a place that you want to go out and not have your best week putting. So it's The make-or-break deal with Morikawa this week is, is how he handles the greens. If he can figure him out and he rolls the pill pretty good, I'd watch out because I think you know he's a hot pick for this week. It's just all going to stem from that because you know he's going to get off the tee and you know he's going to hit it. He's, his approaches into the greens are going to be good. So it all depends on how he rolls the pill. But, I mean, that's just kind of how I see it in my eyes. Oh, I see it the same way. That was a good question. I hope maybe old Lucas is going to pick him for some money. money Lucas situation. Wiley, our dog. You know, his game, his, his game kind of, you know, reminds me. I don't know. Most of you all probably don't know Lucas. Um, Very fortunate for you all that you haven't met the guy, but their games complement each other very well. Um, if they had to play alternate shot, I think they'd be a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> but all right. So is that your, was that your second question? Yes, that was cool. Oh, and I have had some time to think about my favorite course in East Texas. And this one is a newer course that I've played. I've been there probably three or four times now playing an invitational out there. It's in deep East Texas in Conroe. Conroe Country Club, nine-hole track, great membership out there. There's a lot of good guys, a lot of really good players out there, which makes it good. They've always got a good game. It would be great to be a member out there, but um, it's really hard to get in. I mean, somebody pretty much has to pass away for you to get a membership out there. It's just booked, and that's how they keep that place running. They've got a good member count, and the course is unbelievable. Um, it, honestly, if you, if 
you ever, if I ever get a chance to go out there and you see it, it really resembles Augusta. Like, does it really? It's, it's pretty crazy how it is. There's a lot of big pine trees. It's really green, really white bunkers. There's just undulation. And like, you can see a bunch of holes, you know, looking side by side. They all kind of run in line with each other. Some run behind, but the pine straw and it just, it's really, really weird how, how close it is, how similar it is to Augusta. And it's just a nine hole track. And they say what they say. Uh, if you like the front, you're going to love the back. <laughs> That's right. So a lot like center, but yeah, it's pretty cool. That definitely have to be my favorite, but um, yeah, so that's our questions. Appreciate the guys that sent those in and keep we've got, coming. yeah, yeah. We're going to keep posting those so y'all can send them in. We've got a lot that we didn't get to cover just because time constraints, but um, we're going to get those next week. So don't worry. Those were good ones and keep them, keep them coming in. Make us think a little bit, you know, those are, those are good ones. We want to have, to think about it a little bit and give some good answers. But yeah, let's move into the last segment, the rapid fire questions. Okay. It's pretty simple. When you're on the putting green, is your favorite putt a left to right putt or a right to left putt? I like left to riders. Yeah. As I would expect, mine would be right to lefters. Coming back towards you, not going away from you. But yeah, pretty simple. They probably ride a rib stick goofy now style I would say- too. I probably put better strokes on right to lefters. Like if it's a, you know, a long, like, you know, if it would be mm-hmm. like a downhill right to lefter where it, it, it's all depending on speed and stuff. I feel like I actually put a better stroke and better speed with those breaking away from me. If that yeah. makes sense. I just see yeah, it better. I, I, guess. I don't know. Yeah. Cause you're kind of open to it, right? Yeah. I, just feels better. I'm actually, you know, yeah. I'm gonna take it back. I like right to lefters. Oh gosh, he, he likes both of them, guys. That's love pretty much what I was saying. Hey, putting, give him any, give him any kind of putt. Just not He's a ten. Like it. So mine is when you're playing. Are you more of a feel player or technical when you're playing? Because I know yeah, there spec- are. You got to specify. You got to specify though, like where on the course because it's different. I'm talking about. Um, Ball, like kind of more ball striking. I'm saying into the green, you know how there's some people who feel like this one is a 15, 20 yard draw, you know, this is a five yard cut, or do you generally just kind of look at your setup basics and just swing it more technical feeling? Yeah. Um, no, that's a good question. I would say like, well, I'll just say it like this, you know, off the tee, it's definitely more technical. If I'm trying to work it around a corner, it's definitely feel. I can feel it. It's all in my hands. It's not really technical as far as arms and mechanics go that way. It's just all of my hands at the ball, you know, and then obviously you get set up for it. So the setup would be technical, but then at impact and stuff, I, I feel it in my hands. So it'd be feel there. I think I think a good answer would be it's a good mixture of both. You know, around the greens, it would definitely be more feel, but I'm still in the back of my mind. I've, I've got these swing thoughts, you know, these little technicalities that I'm thinking of. Um, so, yeah, it's a mixture of both. I think it's good to have a balance, and obviously it's different for everybody. But um, I would say both. I mean, I know that's probably not the best answer, but that's the honest answer. No, I agree. It's both no. because, yes, I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking technically, yeah, like setup and swing stuff and turn and wrist hinge and stuff like that would be technical. But then as far as into transition and impact, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all filled with my hands. And so it's kind of a mixture of both. To be honest. No, I I'm, I understand that. Um, I mean, like you're saying, around the greens, you should if you, you should have the feel for it. 
um yeah that can't really it, be technical because your technique can only get you so far you got to be able to feel yeah. the bounce you got to be able to feel where it's going to spin how it's going exactly spin. it's feel as far as you know where you're picking at your spot and you know mm-hmm. flighting it to that spot and put a little you're more spin on it then it's, it's, it's stock. you're not trying to hit a stock you know 160 it, you know a certain number you're feeling it out yeah so yeah i'd have to say a mixture of both probably more technical than feel um and then more feel on the side when i have to get creative with shots so yeah for sure that was a good question though um so here's a good one um do you agree with the potential future use of range finders on tour or no i'm pretty sure they're making it happen next year they're already doing it in the next couple majors really not sure yeah, I, I knew it was coming up soon like it's not like it's it's up for you know i'm not sure session. i'm pretty sure it's it. happening it's going it's going to happen eventually but i'm not what's sure your thoughts on it? it in the masters this year but uh i'm fine with it either way the people are i mean what it's meant to do is speed play and exactly the caddies are already going to give them those exact numbers it's just going to mm-hmm. take longer to calculate and stuff and i still think they're going to walk it off every time even when they get the yardages yeah for sure uh, um i think um, the big thing it's so it's it's a perfect time to do it because you got to think of the guys like we talked about earlier the game is evolving into longer hitters like these guys are going to be hitting foul balls off the planet and it takes forever to have a yardage book and to be 75 yards right of the fairway, having to walk it back to the fairway up towards the green to get the right yardage when you can just pull out your range finder and shoot the pin and then you're back on, you know, pace of play as fast. So it's a good time to implement, you know, that role or whatever into the game. And I think it's good. (laughs) This is funny. I heard JJ Colleen on the For the People podcast with John Peterson say, they were talking about the same topic. And he said he can't wait <laughs> for, uh, you know, whoever got to be in the, in the middle of the fairway 150 yards out and his caddy shoots the uh, grandstands in the back and tells him it's it's 175 yards or whatever. And he said, the guy's just going to get guys going to. Yeah, guy's going to get in the fairway and just hit just absolutely flush one. And he said he's going to hit it. He's going to have a big club twirl. and It's going to knock some somebody out in the grandstands <laughs> he said i can't wait for that to happen because you know it's going to and i thought that was hilarious he said big club world and somebody's gonna take one of the dome in the grandstands <laughs> but it's gonna happen i mean obviously they're gonna be conscious of it because they know that can happen they're gonna shoot a couple times but it's gonna happen eventually yeah sadly but, i don't think it'll do anything with the pace of play uh because you're still going to have people who are slow. Generally, it's not really the numbers in my eyes that make it slow on tour. It's the people on green, like the greens, with all the green. Yeah, green but you know, but it's gonna it's gonna speed it up as a as a whole a little bit. It's yeah, not, it's it, not gonna it, make it, it any slower. A little, but it's not gonna make it substantially. It's not gonna be drastic. It's not like we're gonna be playing three hour rounds now. I mean, but it's there. It's gonna be a little faster as a whole. But yeah, I think it's no, good. I agree. I, th- I I agree with it. I mean, it should. It's just. Who cares? I mean, the caddies are giving the exact same number. So exactly, yeah, you're right. Um, the only the only day. difference is the only thing that, in my eyes, that would be different is like, you know, when I'm playing, let's say I've got a I've got seventy yards to the pin. Let's say I've got a wedge in my hand. Well, I want to know a I want to know a pin number and I want to know a number of the front of the green. 
you know, I want to know that it's 55 yards in front of green. I want to know that it's 70 yards to the pin. Therefore, I can play it and land it wherever I want to be, whether that be 65 or 62 or whatever. But you can't really do that with the range finder. So these, these, you know, it's not going to give you a front number. That's or in their back yardage number. book. That's already yeah, in there. So yardage. that's going to be in their yardage book. So they're still going to be in play, which is good because I like that classic side of the game, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And there's that. But it's just little stuff like that. But like I said, I, I like it. I agree with it. I'm like, let's do it. Same. So, um, all right. All right. So, my next question it's a little goofy, but if you were to play in a different era of golf, which one would it have been? Hmm. I'm saying, like, I guess we'll go by years, like 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, yeah. 80s, like that. I feel like the me, most- per- me personally, it's it's a personal question because it, me being selfishly, of course, I, I don't I don't know how else you would think about it, but I would have wanted to be in the era where the drivers were transitioning into the metal drivers or whatever, like you know, going from the wood oh, persimmons. The persimmon heads to the titanium heads or whatever they were. That's what I would have gone to because for me, being a longer player, that's when I would have had my biggest advantage. Um, so, yeah. But, it, but then again, nine. it's all re- – yeah, and that, that, that little movement. But then again, you could argue to say it's all relative because you're going to be that much longer than the guys you're playing with anyways. But I think – I think that would you know, have been mid-90s. A pers- but- yeah, a persimmon head can only go so far. I, I, I would have sure. loved to play with the persimmons, though, because they say when you hit one of those in the screws, like it's unlike anything else. And the sound is just so cool. But um, no, that's a good question. But I would say probably in the transition from, you know, those persimmons to the titaniums or whatever it was made out of with the uh, metal, the metals. But, um, yeah, that'd definitely be my answer. Okay, last one I got for you. What kind of genre of music do you listen to when you're on the course playing? When I'm playing golf, I listen. Yeah, just having a normal round, just a casual, just having fun. What, what do you like to listen to? Texas country and red dirt country. Yeah. Situation yeah. where I need I to get going, I play <laughs> 80s rock. Specifically, yeah. I play the song Africa by Toto. Wow. That is my go-to song if it needs to get going. Okay. I like yep. that. I I'm the same way. I, I like to stick to country just because it's a it's a universal universal tune, universal sound. Most people on the course don't mind that that you're playing with, especially peaceful. where we play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Easy going. But if I do start playing bad, I'm gonna go I'm changing the genre. I'm pulling out all the strings. I do like to listen to some eighties music on the course, but you never know. I, I like some EDM music too. You know, you start making a bunch of birdies, you might flip that on. It's just gotta feel the mood. I don't know if I could go out and play, you know, with Buck and Chick and those guys and Blair some EDM though. It just depends know, on man. who I'm with. That well, that is a big part of it. Uh, if we playing were playing, you know, dude, if it was mid dudes cup, me and you need a little mm-hmm. little edge, yeah, I might throw on some some craziness. Yeah, but no, for sure, it's uh, it's it's definitely it, it starts with country on the first tee always, and then um. As as the round goes, it just depends. If I if I'm playing good and then I'm superstitious about it, I'm not changing the music. I'm not turning it off by any for any reason, and I'm not changing it. And I may not even change the volume on it if I'm making some birdies. But uh, if, if stuff starts, that is specific. I, I'm pretty superstitious. But if stuff starts to go sideways, it's definitely getting changed. But uh, yeah, that's it. You got one more one more question. Yes. 
All right. So to you, what is the most iconic golf shot that you can think of? Like what is the first one that comes to your thought? I would say Tiger's chip in on 16 at the Masters. Okay. That's the, that's where I was going to. <laughs> I mean, that one, that one for sure. Uh, there's a lot, but I, I definitely have to say the one at the Masters. I mean, just the to me, there, the, the time that it happened uh, or the hole in one at the WGC. That just gets me hyped. <laughs> oh, was that, the, was that that call from that one? Uh, I think it says, oh, it went in. <laughs> Oh yeah, it went in, and he's doing the raise the roof, walking down the tee boxes, and those people are going yeah, absolutely that nuts. Is, that is the most amped you've ever seen a golf tournament. I mean, the fate. Yeah. Like, he's even how amped. how young he was, and, and like after he did that, his celebration was like, just normally, like I'm I'm meant to be here. Like this is me. It wasn't like overwhelming. It was like yeah, no, like here I am. Normally, when people like a general person who makes a hole in one or even on tour, they're smiling, and you know high five and this man was amped up like he was like let's but yeah go. but that just stemmed from the crowd like i mean that's just you you could not you couldn't not be the i mean imagine that the volume that was in there and it wasn't even like it was now it wasn't that enclosed it was yeah. a completely different scenery around there imagine imagine the course being how it is now and that course that hole setting up like it is with the grandstands and all that stuff Imagine be being like that in, in that time, like it is now in that time, and him hitting that, imagine how nuts that would be. That would be unreal. <laughs> but unreal. Yeah. It's just funny that when we think about that, it just goes straight to Tiger. Like nobody else is even in the picture. But other than Tiger, I guess who would be your what's the most memorable shot you could think of? Dude, I don't know. This one and this one's like not that big of a deal. But, well, I've got two of them. The, this one, these are just like little sleeper picks, like kind of like we're talking about earlier. But I don't know if you saw it, but at Riviera, Max Homa on number 10, um, that was a short par four. It's drivable. He fans it way right. It's got the skinny green, the one he won at the Genesis. Um, it's got that skinny green. And I think he fans a three wood right. And there's two bunkers. Like it's like a forty yard shot and he's in the bunker and there's a bunker he's in and then there's a bunker in front of the green. So he's like double short sided to a fast and firm green that's probably ten paces from the left side of it to the right side of it. It's in the back pin. And he said he said on the pod it was the best shot he's ever hit. Not even talking about like circumstances, like the best shot he's ever hit. Like people they were saying on the announcements like it'd be a miracle if he gets out of here making six and he was green side in a bunker but it was just like unreal if you'd have to see the hole but he hits this nipper just this high nipper lands around the front of the green spins i couldn't land it anywhere else had to land it in like a two-foot circle and he did it and obviously he went on to win the tournament so that makes it that better and then colin moore caught with the pga championship on number yeah, 16 travel par four and he was coming that down the stretch high. and he hits driver up there on the green it's like 315 320 just threaded the green and that's what yeah, won the tournament like for him. Footer, that was another he? one. Or was it closer than yeah. that? I don't know. I just remember that drive. And once he hit it, I was like, well, it's over. He sealed, he sealed it. And you could see it like, on his face. Like Once he got that up, like once ball. he hit it, he was yeah, like, this is my tournament now. Ball. You have no – But you got to think about it. Like any kind, of, any kind of tournament like that where a guy wins, they're going to hit a shot. That's, you're going to be like, that's one to remember. For sure. But that, those were good because, it, you know, they went on to win those tournaments. And those are good picks. But – 
my other memorable one would I wasn't alive, but I can think I can see it right now is Hal Sutton's beat the right club today. Yeah. One yeah, of the players. For, sure. yeah. for the uh for the no laying up pod, their intro is uh they've got music or whatever and then that that comes in. You can hear him say that. It's pretty it's pretty dope. We might try to stem. We're 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 getting more tech savvy as we go, but uh we're we're gonna get y'all an intro for the pod sooner or later it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty sick but um yeah man that's uh that, this was a good one it's uh obviously the best week of the year in golf for us and it's cool that we're starting to do it we're getting a pod and we can talk about it on here that, that's all we got for y'all for this week everybody enjoy enjoy the week i hate we can't all watch the par three contest yeah it is sad so, but who really at the end of the day who cares who won the par three you know yeah, on Sunday when they're walking up the 18th green, nobody's thinking about the par three contest. Good point. <laughs> but yeah, like you're saying, this was a great one, and I appreciate everyone listening. So.